Welcome back, Scarlettos, to Scarlet TCP. We are your ladies of Scarlet, Brittany Sherman, and I am Sonia Mazzaleone here. How's it going, Sonia? It's really going well, in spite of the challenges that are afoot these days with the coronavirus and our social distancing. And hopefully, we'll get a handle on this coronavirus thing and uh you know quell it before it gets too uh, out of hand i hope so i'm starting to kind of adapt to working from home Mm, me too kind of yeah yeah no i'm with you i you have a better setup than i do i am inspired by your setup and i will be doing the same when i get back yeah well i mean i think it just helps when you have only the things you need on your work area yeah. and not all this overwhelming paperwork. Yes. Um, and it does know, help. I agree. Yeah. it's Compartmentalizing is the key for my success. I don't know about you, but it just makes me feel comfortable. No, 100%. And I had to go out and like buy a desk because it I wasn't compartmentalizing. And I needed to have just that, that space that is only dedicated to work. That's all it is. And it has helped a lot. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm, it seems like you're way more relaxed than I am when I, I'm going to go home right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, so, you know, we are on our 23rd episode, Brittany. We have successfully published by now 21 episodes. By the time, as of our recording this, it's yes. 21. By the time this airs, it'll be 22. Yep. So we are well on our way. We have been pleasantly surprised with uh, the support that we've had and uh, also pleasantly surprised with our progress. Yeah, I think we're doing all right. Yeah. Well, not only that, but I, progress meaning not just our, you know, our audience, but also sure. our content is getting better. I think so. Our technology is certainly getting better. For sure. We're more comfortable. Yeah. I recently did a guest spot on a podcast called Meanwhile at the Studio uh-huh. in Florida when I went home to see my family in the middle of this coronavirus craziness. And um, it was really fun. I really enjoyed those guys, uh, Nate and Joseph Shaler, as well as Pierre. And Pierre has his own podcast and apparently a, a, a sizable following. So it was really nice to sit in a room full of people and not have the pressure of performing in, in a way that we do when it's just you and I. I think you and I really take this seriously. But when we you're do. being interviewed... You know, it's just really up to them to ask questions, and all you have to do is sit back and answer. So what is Meanwhile at the Studio about? They just talk about it. So it's at a production company in Florida. Uh-huh. It's Dolphin Image Studios. The What they are more known for, I think, is they, they do straight live action production, but they have an AR wall there, and um, they are partners with the AR wall company in Burbank, and it is super awesome. It's nice to see some progression in that small town and people appreciating content and live action productions and supporting those people because there are many people in Florida who are strictly, you know, in the live action circuit and there are crew members and they're really, you know, they need the work. They count on the work. And so when the work doesn't happen, um, they don't have a job, you know, right. so it's, it's definitely a different kind. They don't have work all the time. And so to ha- make that a full-time career is challenging sometimes. So I applaud them and I really like what they're doing with the AR wall and their podcasting studio is smashing. I mean, it is nice in there. You mean it's better than my living room and your spare bedroom? Yes. It's it is. not uh, hard to do. 
I know, but they have like a desk and a thing. They have a desk. I know. It feels so pro. I uh, and they and sometimes they'll shoot their actual podcast and they will actually you know publish the video as well. So I really like what they're doing. I like what they're talking about. I've known Nate and Joseph uh, for their entire lives, and um, they're I think Nate's in his thirties and Joseph's in his he's thirty or whatever, twenty nine or whatever. Uh huh. Um, Nice boys. Been a part of my family forever. Sure. it was really fun to sit down with them and to talk to them as adults and, um, you know, talk about what they were doing and their perspective. So what they talk about really is anything that has to do with entertainment uh, and their take on it. So okay. kind of what we do with our companion episodes, kind of, yeah. but a little more random. So they don't focus on just one thing. They just talk about lots of different things. Okay. The, the AR wall, I think I've seen that before. Uh, not from there, but... Uh, I think you, you referenced that they have an office in Burbank also, right? Yeah. I think that they built a wall for a project that I was on several years ago now. It was super cool. It's, it was it's, really neat. It's amazing technology. Yeah. It's this big 4K wall built out of all these different monitors. Uh-huh. And um, it looks beautiful. Yes. The things that you can do with this um, you know, technology is amazing. And it's if anybody has cool. been to like CES or NAB, mainly NAB, you would have seen this technology and it's being used more and more these days so i am very excited about using it in the future in some way with our business that and our su- work that would be super cool i keep trying to drag in technology into our work so that we can experience it and, and play with it because i i, I uh, thrive on that kind of thing as you probably know i mean you're a techie so you know I'm far less a techie than you are, but really, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm more big picture infrastructure. That's true. You're definitely more, you know, down into the details with the tech. So that's true. That's, that's why fair. we complement each other so well. Very much so. All righty. So episode 23, yep. we are talking about Dee Dee Blanchard and Gypsy Rose Blanchard. And the case of Gypsy or, well, really. It's Dee- a lot of cases. Yeah. Where, there's all. Oh, okay. So last weekend, I... Um, I put together our clip show and recorded some in-betweens. And in the one of the things that we wanted to do for that, and we only did one segment worth, but as Sonia said, it was a big segment, <laughs> were some outtakes of things that didn't make it into our final cut. Uh, and the one thing that we used was Sonia's rant about the NFL. And I, I have. and I said <laughs> later in the episode that I promise, and I really did, the uh, scouts honor. I really did look to try and find a rant of my own, and I really couldn't find one, just so that it would be even. There you, mean, go- you mean that we've already recorded? That we've already. Re- oh, okay, got it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, the I'm- future is bright for your rant, so I'm excited. And about it's them. about to happen. I am fired up about this case. I have so much to say. I I am. There is so much about this that upsets me. It's layers and layers and layers of. uh, It's a seven layer dip and then some. Every time I think that I have heard it all or I'm understanding what's happening or I may have a grasp. I don't. It's different. And I'm like, what's real? Uh, Yeah. No, that's so true. I don't know what's real. And I'm looking at your notes compared to my notes. And we don't ever share notes in advance. We do our own independent research. We don't really talk about it a whole lot 
beforehand because we like to surprise each other with different information. And a lot of times we come up with the same information because the resources are all very similar. But I'm looking at your notes document in comparison to my notes document. And you have a lot more details than I have. I have a lot more just like the the main bullet points. And a big part of that is because I was getting so frustrated <laughs> that I had to like stop reading and researching this because it was making me so angry. So I think you probably are going to get a lot more into the details and you're going to hear a lot of my thoughts and opinions and color about this. Oh no. Does that mean I'm driving? Uh, no. I, you are going to drive this one. Don't worry. I've got, I've got plenty to talk about. I've got plenty of, uh, of details to discuss for sure. But I uh, just, just based on the, legal size paper I see in front of me that you've got. It looks like you are a little more into the nitty gritty than I got. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, about the case. Let's give a little summary and then we can get into the details because there are many details. But I think the overriding uh, opinion is probably the the same for you and I. Yeah. So uh, on June 14th in 2015, Dee Dee Blanchard Dee Dee Blanchard or Claudine Dee Dee Blanchard was or actually as she was known as then for whatever weird crazy reason she changed her last name from Blanchard to Blanchard she, what yeah she added an E when she moved to Missouri oh uh, was she running from the law uh, she was running from a lot, but uh, that's what you do when you're running from the law. Uh, yeah, you change but, your name slightly so people can't Google you. Yeah, but instead, of, I mean, literally, she just added an E to the end of her last name. That's all you got to do, and it won't come up in the search. That's true. Anyway, so Dee Dee Blanchard Blanchard. Yes, uh, fancy pants. We'll call her. <laughs> she was found murdered, face down in the bedroom of her house, um, and lying in a pool of blood, stab wounds, and uh, you know, it's found pretty quickly that her daughter had something to do with it. But as we will see as this case progresses, um, things aren't exactly what we thought. You know, at first when uh, I think Bl- Gypsy Rose Blanchard, who was the daughter of mm-hmm. Dee Dee Blanchard. Right. Um, it was when Dee Dee was first discovered, it was immediately thought, you know, to be concerned about Gypsy Rose and her well-being because of her conditions and all of her medical issues. And, you know, it was the, there was an interpretation that she was in a wheelchair and that Correct. she had to be fed through a feeding tube and she had all these illnesses and maybe some mental incapacities. And um, I think we quickly find out that that was not the case. Exactly. And, um, and far worse than we probably thought because of her conspiring with others to actually have her mother killed to allow her to escape from the clutches of her overbearing mother. In a nutshell. And I was about to say, that's that's a good way to, to introduce it. <laughs> yeah. Dee Dee Blanchard was born Claudine Petre. I'm trying to say that. I'm sorry if I butchered it. <laughs> in Chack Bay, Louisiana, near the Gulf Coast since 1967. So near what? In near the Gulf Coast. Oh, near the Gulf Coast. That's yeah. Right. Okay, gotcha. So she's a, you know, a typical Louisiana Cajun. Right. As you could probably tell if you listen to her father and her stepmother and uh, her ex-husband, Rod, if you watch the, um, was it? Mo- Mommy, Dead and Dearest. It's an HBO documentary. Yes. He has the most Southern Creole accent I think I've ever heard. 
Uh, yes, and it is beautiful. <laughs> I love that accent. So, Mommy Dead and Dearest was um, released in 2017, and it was an yep. HBO film. It was really interesting. A lot of my information, and when I first saw this case, was based on that that documentary. I found it fascinating, and I was like so psyched because the twist to me seemed crazy. Well, you uh, you first told me about it, and it blew me away. And you kind of spoiled the twist for me, and we're about to spoil the twist for everyone but uh, and we're going to get a lot more in depth about this case than just that documentary I think yeah. um, but it's it's nuts you you really if you don't know it you don't see it coming yep so um, we'll pick up where you know we've got Dee Dee Blanchard she's going to school she's dating Rod um, you know and for all practical purposes Rod's a pretty good looking guy he's in the documentary he speaks pretty eloquently in his lovely Cajun accent he um, you know and Dee Dee were together when they were young she got pregnant they um, had the child of course got uh-huh. married um, you know he was like I said a good looking guy I was like Okay, you know, yeah, they're normal. There was a, I mean, not a huge age difference, but at the time, pretty significant. I think he was only like 18 or 19 and she was 24. So when you're... What? Yeah. No. Yeah. So when you're, when you're in your early 20s, late teens, that's a big difference. That is no, I didn't even know that. Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> are we just going to go back and forth and do this? <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. That's gross. I don't think if I was 24, <laughs> I'd be dating a 17-year-old. Well, I think a lot of that speaks to uh, <laughs> maybe Dee Dee's mental capacity. Okay. Well, I Rod don't... did say she was a little bit strange. She had she a tarantula a... and she was dark. And uh, meaning, you know, she was into some dark yeah, things. Right. I mean, he was probably impressionable if he was 17. And Maybe. Uh, I think he made it, but maybe was 19. But still, he was... <laughs> Yeah, it's not that much of a difference. No. But yeah, no, he was, he, I think it was a five-year difference. I think it was 24-19. And that was, uh, it. W- I listened to uh, the podcast True Crime All the Time, or as they refer to themselves as T-Cat. Oh, boy. Um, I actually really like those guys, so shout out to True Crime All the Time. All right. Uh, hey, T-Cat. Uh, um, as they were saying, Dee Dee said she doesn't know how it happened. There's only one way that that happened, but it was <laughs> not it was not a planned pregnancy to say the least. And they really they got married because it was the right thing to do after she got pregnant, not because they were really truly deeply madly in love. Yeah, that's just what you did back in the day. I mean, that's that's true. And yes, she was 24 when she became pregnant with Rod's child. And Rod Blanchard was then 17. He so was only 17. Okay. God only knows if they dated before that, which right. would have made him even younger. Which, who knows? Would have been a crime. It was already a crime, but okay. Well, maybe not in Louisiana. I think I think 17 is no longer a crime. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Good for her. Still, He's a good looking guy. He is Yay. a good looking hey. guy. That's a huge difference, Seven though, with years that age. Age difference when you're 24 to 17 That's a big is a difference. Lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So moving on back to that, we, we know that they have a child. They named the little girl Gypsy Rose because, and I'm like, oh, they, Gypsy Rose is like the stripper. You know, I naturally go to a <laughs> bad is. place. It's like a stripper name. It, it, well, that is Gyp- Gypsy Rose Lee was a famous stripper. Like oh. that was a famous stripper. 
Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but nothing to do with Gypsy that's Rose. Not her name. No. Because uh, apparently Cla- uh, Claudine or DD liked the name Gypsy and Rod like Guns and Roses. And who doesn't love Guns and Roses? <laughs> These were a, a very typical <laughs> Southern family and people. And I, God bless them. You know, back in the day, okay. I guess Guns and Roses was amazing. I want to, before we get too much further, I want to say something because we're having a lot of fun. And right now, we're having a lot of fun at Dee Dee and Rod's expense. One of the things that we emphasize in one of our just most recent episodes is we really want to pay respect to the victims here. The thing about this case, it's everyone's a victim, but everyone's also a criminal. That is exactly right. Except for Rod. Rod's well, Rod's just an innocent bystander. He's yeah. a sweet guy. I really like Rod a lot. Yeah, me too. I really appreciated his candor and, you know, I felt for him because he was so he was kept away from his child and that led to him being unable to help her when he could have. Yeah, and as we get further into it, you're going to see this whole case is based on lies and deception. Uh so we're having a lot of fun here, but sometimes it's hard to have sympathy for some of these people and we're going to discuss about why I get so upset talking about them. I, I can't wait to get, see why <laughs> I get so excited about this case. All right, so right before Gypsy Rose is born, Rod decides that he can no longer be married um, and he got married for the wrong reasons. Right. He knew ahead of time and I'm sure it got more difficult as time went on. You know, Dee Dee, as everybody in the documentary and all the, you know, the press was probably a hard person to get along with. I don't think she was, I'll, let's say it like this, she was not trustworthy. Not at all. She was a master manipulator. And um, and in a lot of the information that I've seen, she was a bit unbalanced, I will say, I'd to say, say the least. That's being nice. And at least later in life, and I, if I'm not mistaken, at this point too, I, she was in trouble with the law. It was petty crimes. But she was a swindler and did things that she was very manipulative and did things to get her way that got her in trouble with the law. Yeah. Oh, she um, committed check fraud. Yep. She poisoned her stepmother and put her in the hospital for nine months Uh with Roundup. She stole money. She opened credit cards in her family's name. Every single family member of Dee Dee's in the documentary spoke very poorly of her. Yeah. And no, uh, nobody had anything nice to say. There was no sympathy for her. And oh, just, I, I mean, to be quite honest, they were happy she was gone. Yeah, uh, sad but true. Yeah, and not surprised that this had happened and, and honestly not surprised that j- this was at the hands of Gypsy. Yes, and so... Talking about Gypsy. Gypsy was born, it's believed, and emphasis on believed because there's a lot of question here, in July of 1991. Well, we know when she was born. I think later on, she wasn't sure she was, yes, when correct. she was born. Yeah. I think everybody else knew exactly when she was born. That's probably true. So, um, and that's part of this, you know, this control that Dee Dee had over Gypsy was not giving her information, even as an adult, um, that was accurate about herself. I mean, how difficult and, you know, I I feel for Gypsy in a lot of ways. I'm not just 
sort of, you know, I, I, I know that there were some things that were done that probably could have been avoided and she made some choices that were not appropriate. But, um, you know, as we unravel this and talk about this a, a bit and how this happens, as Brittany says, unpack this, um, uh, there was a lot there. And so, um, you know, the, the, the totality of it is just, um, a really sad situation for everybody. So Gypsy was born in July of 1991. I actually don't have an official birth date for her. Do you? I don't either. No. See, no. Th- there's so much mystery surrounding. And she was born a healthy baby. Um, but very early on in her life, Dee Dee exhibited signs of, I'm I'm not going to bury the lead, of having a desire or you could even say being sick with Munchausen's by proxy. Yeah. And for those not in the know, Munchausen's by proxy, uh, well, Munchausen's disease is where you go out of your way to intentionally hurt yourself or make yourself ill largely for attention purposes. Right. Munchausen's by proxy is when it's done usually by a caregiver, most of the time by a parent to a child or a child to an elderly parent. Early on in in Gypsy's life, Dee Dee seemed to express uh, patterns for Munchausen's by proxy. And Gypsy was born a healthy child. There was nothing wrong with her. But Dee Dee tried to insist that there was. And as Dee Dee was growing, she was a little bit slow on the growth chart early in her life. You mean Gypsy? I'm sorry, Gypsy. Yeah. yeah, Gypsy was a little bit slow, but it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. She did have an official diagnosis, but it was and but it was a type of diagnosis that her pediatrician felt this is actually pretty common for most infants and she's just a little bit delayed. She'll catch up and grow out of it. It's not going to be a big deal. But the fact that she did get some sort of a small diagnosis was enough for Dee Dee to start to take off in her manipulation. And what you could argue is torture of Gypsy as she continued to grow older. Yep. So the, you know, er, like we said, early on, uh, Dee Dee is pointing to uh, many issues that she says that Gypsy has sleep apnea, um, a chromosomal disorder where, um, you know, that that would sort of explain some of these health this health issues that Dee Dee said that Gypsy had, um, even her inability to walk. And you'll see some videos where you've got Gypsy on the ground um, as other little girls are dancing and like a dance recital and Gypsy at that age, and she what three, four? Oh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like three, four years old, probably. It appears then that her legs don't work, or she's. It's really baffling to me because you've got. If she was perfectly healthy, even at that age, I don't know how, as a, to a child, you would convey "don't use your legs" or "your legs don't work." But very early on, Dee Dee, you know, made. Dee Dee put put Gypsy in a wheelchair and essentially told her that she couldn't walk and she had all of these illnesses and she had to be medicated in all of these different ways and she would just tout her around to different doctors and constantly you know get treatment for her and every doctor that she went to it w- if it was a neurologist then she would focus on other issues and it was just this this huge like 
I, I mean, it was unbelievable the lies that she was spinning. And uh, some of the doctors actually called it out. And this started very early on when she was little. Very early. She had a, a feeding tube put in yes. very early on, which I think is one of Gypsy's first memories. That's probably true. Probably because it was painful. Well, yeah, uh, yes. So, okay. So having a feeding tube, a, a, a G-tube, a lot of times you're limited with what you can consume PO by mouth. Uh, and so... Gypsy was limited to what she could eat. There was no reason for her to be limited by what she could eat. But her mom insisted that she have a feeding tube. And so she got her nutrition through that feeding tube. And Gypsy physically did not develop because she was severely lacking in nutrition. Because what you get from a feeding tube is... It's not enough. And to paint a picture for you people that are uh usually on tpn total parenteral nutrition which is nutrition only through a feeding tube now in gypsy's case she was allowed to eat some food in addition to the feeding tube but for patients that need tpn only their life expectancy is two years after they start tpn wow so Didi was putting her daughter's life in her hands right there just by that requirement. And I don't know what diagnosis she made up to convince a doctor that she needed a feeding tube other than that she was a little bit underweight. I just think that she was able to pull the wool over everyone's eyes and just give enough information that was confusing to where they would just agree with it and just move on. I mean, the perception, it was just amazing. So when Gypsy was seven or eight, as, as Gypsy says, she recalls being on her grandfather's motorcycle and they were involved in a little accident and she scraped her legs. And that was, for the most part, the beginning of Gypsy going, um, getting a, uh, getting involved in a bunch of surgeries because Dee Dee said that she needed these surgeries to recover from those injuries. Yep. Then she progressed into a walker and then she was confined to a wheelchair. And Dee Dee used, uh, jumping back a little bit to what you were talking about before with visiting uh, a neurologist, and all the medication she was on. I don't know if this was factual or not. I think it is. But it's like so much in this case. I don't know. It's very hard to tell fact or fiction. Dee Dee reports that Gypsy uh, was having seizures. And it's suggested that she had those seizures because of the cocktail of medications that she was on. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what kind of medications that Gypsy was on. I don't know. But, I mean, they've got to be significant for for you to have a seizure. I mean, And that's more than an allergic reaction. That's a life or death type thing. You don't stay on medication that causes you to have seizures. You can easily die from that. Oh, yeah. Big time. And, and so, I think that not only it wasn't just the medication, but the combination of medications that she was on as well. I mean, it was a cocktail. It, exactly. It's amazing the amount of medications that she had in that house. Exactly. You just said it. It's a cocktail. So now this is the second time that Dee Dee is taking Gypsy's life in her hands. First with uh, the, the G-tube, the feeding tube. Now by giving her medications that she knows are causing causing her to have seizures. So now we're getting to after she was in the motorcycle accident, she had a small scar on her knee and Dee Dee is saying that because of the injuries from the accident, she needs all of these other surgeries, 
which she doesn't need. And as you just said, she started out in a walker, then went to a wheelchair and was uh, gypsy, excuse me, Dee Dee said that the reason that she had to be in a wheelchair is because she had muscular dystrophy. Yeah, that was one of the uh, diagnoses that that was on the list of of things that Dee Dee or uh, that Gypsy had to deal with. So early on, so now we've got a Munchausen by proxy situation. We've got Dee Dee painting a picture, taking Gypsy to all these different doctors, controlling her in every way. Now she's in a wheelchair. Now she's being told she can't walk. She's also being told that she's eight years old when she's actually 10. Dee Dee was never honest with her about her age. Gypsy didn't know how old she was. Her information was very, very limited because she also started to, um, I think after the second grade, she... um, was homeschooled. Yeah, she was taken out of school after the second grade. And then I even read, I read one report that suggested it may have been as early as kindergarten. Probably. I mean, she had a good case if any of this would have been real. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yes, exactly. Considering what you said about the impression of the severity of anyone who would need a feeding tube like that and would have all these medications, um, the likelihood of them living very long probably wasn't very high. So, you know, again, what's what's the point of that? You know, let's just try to keep her alive first. And if you're believing everything that Didi said. Right. And I do stand corrected. One of the reasons why Didi convinced the doctor to insert a feeding tube, I said, I couldn't remember, but I have it here in my notes is because she said that Gypsy had a sugar allergy, which she didn't. And so since you find sugar in pretty much everything, she couldn't get her natural nutrition without absorbing sugar, which is why she needed the feeding tube. That is nonsense. Is there actually a thing as a sugar allergy? I don't know. Huh. But, it, I mean... I wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, that unfortunately. Is and, yeah. So, again... Dee Dee's, you know, spinning her web of lies uh, in her typical fashion. I do want to call out one thing because I found it fascinating that Dee Dee would have enough information or know-how to actually convey these diagnoses to doctors. Yes. She must have known what to say. She oh, must she have did. known what medications were needed. That is because at her in, her in her early in her life, I think she was a nurse's aide. That's so she correct. did have some information. Right. She was, you know, ha- had something to work with here. She just didn't, you know, conjure up. Because I, I constantly, when I'm reading about this story and looking at the story, I can't figure out how she knew how to make all this happen. I she agree. was so good at it. She worked so hard at con- just sort of spinning these lies and working working so that they could get free stuff and free housing and all the sympathy. And she took Gypsy on tour. They were at the Special Olympics. <laughs> they were at the Special Olympics, and Dee Dee told them that Gypsy was eight when she was actually 10. And then she was named the honorary queen of the crew of Mid-City, which I guess is a child-oriented parade it's, held during Mardi Gras. Yeah, and, and that is actually, I guess it's an organization for kids with feeding tubes. Oh, yeah. That she didn't need. That she didn't need. And also, my... So, Gypsy was removed from uh, from school either after kindergarten or second grade. I think it was probably second grade, but like I said, I did read that it was actually as early as kindergarten. So, she was cognitively and developmentally delayed only because she didn't have a proper education. The Special Olympics is only for people with cognitive disabilities. 
Gypsy did not have a cognitive disability. But Dee Dee said that she did. I understand that, but that's taking advantage of the Special Olympics. Oh, she took advantage of lots of things. She no, took I advantage mean, of Habitat for Humanity, places to live. I mean, they got everything for free. No, I I, I understand that. But you have an organization and, and this other crew, whatever you just mentioned. And I'll, I'll discuss later. I'll go into my diatribe about why I'm so fired up. And you can probably already tell <laughs> that I'm so fired up. But here you go with the Special Olympics. People that are actually competing, athletes that are competing, that are there because of challenges that they have. Dee Dee is having Gypsy take advantage of that. And she won this queen prize, whatever, award for having a feeding tube that she doesn't need when there are people that are dying that need this to survive. It's, It's abhorrent. It is. It is. It absolutely is. And I think what's challenging as I, you know, dove into this case was I, like you, I have a hard time. And as we progress to this story, because right now we're we're in the realm of Gypsy being 10 years old. I start to wonder at what point Gypsy realized what yes. was what may have been real and what was fiction. Exactly. Because she had to participate this in this in some way. And I'm not saying that her participation as a child was her fault. But eventually, you know, I think she, you know, ultimately this is this, Dee Dee's death occurred when she was, what, 23 years old? Right. She was an adult at, in some part, in some, at some portion here, right? Well. She was aware of something. And one of the things I mentioned to you before we started recording is one of the many things that I struggled with is where the blame falls here. Because going back, I believe that Gypsy didn't know that she didn't have a sugar allergy. I believe that she believed she needed a feeding tube. Gypsy should have known better about the Special Olympics. At 10 or 8? Yes. Really? Yeah, I think so. Because you can... uh, I I think that you can... At that age, unless she is so behind... And at 8 or 10, it's... It was estimated that when she was a teenager, she had the mental capacity of a 7-year-old. At 8, she's not that far behind. And I think that you can absorb your surroundings particularly at 10, and realize I'm not like the other people here. Well, she she was 10 during the Special Olympics, you okay. know, honorary queen thing. Um, she was actually 10, but they told them that she was 8. Okay, so, but even worse then, she was 10 at that point. And I think, no, she's a child. She goes along with whatever her mother tells her to do. Yep. Her mother had complete control over her, but... She didn't exercise any of her own personal judgment either. That is true. Uh, uh, that is absolutely true. And as we'll talk about this, this gets progressively worse as she starts taking yes. matters into her own hands. So as we said, you know, Gypsy and Rod break up. They move away from Rod. They move away from the family. Gypsy uh, and Dee Dee go and live with Dee Dee's father and stepmother for a while this is where Dee, Dee for some reason decides to poison uh his her stepmother with a roundup uh-huh uh leading to her uh, illness and nine months it took her was to recover it nine from this. months because i i read that essentially once Dee, Dee moved out her stepmother started miraculously getting better 
Yeah. It was nine months she was in the hospital. It, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's it took crazy. them nine, nine months to, to get her out of there. Yeah. And she left, you know. I mean, Didi's not stupid. She's going to no. get out of there for, before people start realizing it. So, um, you know, this is when Gypsy and Didi decide to go to Slidell, which I guess is in Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds like a Louisiana town. Yeah. And I think it's pretty close to right on the Gulf. Got it. So in Slidell, Gypsy and Dee Dee, of course, live in public housing. They're still still perpetuating this lie. Right. Um, you know, Dee Dee is continuing to promote uh, Gypsy and all her illnesses. They almost it almost feels like they take her on tour. Like they yeah, take her on tour they do. and they shoot video of her, I'm on my way to the kids' hospital and I'm going in for my dental thing. And I say that jokingly, but that is what she sounded like. And she still sounds that way. Yeah. I mean now she's definitely sounds like more of an adult, but she you know, it, as took, she, it took until essentially she got into prison, though, to yeah. get rid of that voice. Yeah, well, she, and she's a tiny little girl. She's very small. She's five foot, probably 85 pounds. Yeah. And I mean, not surprising. She'd been sort of kept from food for she was a large part of her G-tube. life. She was on Yeah. So, you know, they continue on this tour. Um, you know, they continue to receive Rod's child support payments. God bless him for continuing. Of course, he, he didn't realize that he was feeding into this as well. Um, and, you know, Didi really kept him away from, you know, their daughter. It was really a shame because if he really could have seen what was happening, you know, he says himself, and I believe that he would have tried to intervene. But he he was in the dark as much as anybody, including Gypsy. Well, and, and Didi intentionally kept him away. He was paying child support of $1,200 a month, but she denied that he was paying child support, even though he wrote frequent checks and made up lies about him, saying that he, uh, he neglected Gypsy, he made fun of her, he called people like her freak shows. These are all things that Rod found disgusting, and he says he would never say those types of things. That's not the type of person he was. But that was the picture that Dee Dee was painting to try and make it seem, poor me, poor us, we're all alone in this world. Well, that's what she needed people to believe so that they would. she could gain their sympathy. I mean, she was, a again, a master manipulator. Um, the other... There are a couple of different, you know, areas where I, I got my information. You know, obviously Wikipedia has, you know, some a, a nice summary to tie all the details together uh, with dates and things like that. The documentary on Netflix or on HBO, sorry, um, which is the Mommy Dead and Dearest. That is something that I would suggest if you want to see video and if you want to see a, this timeline as well. It was informative. When I watched the act, which is the... What do we call it? A biopic? Of no, well, this kinda. situation. It, it's the. It's a mostly factual but somewhat sensationalized yeah. series on Hulu. Yeah, typical biopic. You yeah, know, added flavor, but series instead of just single movie. Yeah, really interesting because that's where I struggle with this case is that I, I don't. I try to wrap my brain around the day and the day in and day out. You know, they are. Again, traveling the country, going from, you know, emergency rooms to hospitals, surgeries, surgeries. I mean, she had her, like, teeth taken out at some yes. point. Like, this poor girl was put through the paces. I mean, she had so many surgeries. And I think what is, uh, out of all of these things, the pretend muscular dystrophy 
the forced feeding tube, the uh, lack of education and uh, cognitive delays. I don't know how this has happened. Uh, the sugar allergy and asthma. I don't know how this happened, but Dee Dee convinced a doctor that she had leukemia. Yeah. How? By giving her, essentially, she walked around giving any doctor she saw a list of diagnoses. Uh huh. And nobody ever checked. I know. There no was one, one doctor who called this out. And yes. Dr. Flosterstein, uh, you can find that information I'm online. I'm sure but you nailed that pronunciation. I, I actually tried. <laughs> um, but this, you know, poor doctor tried to call attention to it, you know. I mean, there's uh, multiple occasions doctors have yes. noted the Munchausen by proxy and the, the mother is not a good historian. And right. he called it out. But, you know, it was a perplexing case for a lot of them because – Nobody could understand how they could have gotten this far without this being true. So they didn't, when the doctors would bring it up, it was challenging for them to have a voice. So I read, uh, and I have conflicting on this, and I think I know the answer, but I want to confirm with you. I read two things. One, that she actually did go through chemo. And two, that she didn't go through chemo, but... Dee Dee shaved her head to make it look like she did. I think it's the latter, but do you have any information on whether or not Gypsy actually went through chemo? I don't have any information, and oh my, and I certainly hope that she didn't go through chemo. Somebody would have, wouldn't I, somebody have checked on something? I really, really Jesus. hope so. It, but to, I mean, to your point, anytime anyone would question her, Dee Dee would get extremely defensive, and they would never go back to see that doctor. Yeah, and she would request the 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 reports afterwards, and then she would know exactly what those doctors put in their notes, yep. so that she would make sure that she was always trying to, to be a step ahead of them. Again, another criminal who's working really hard and not working instead of just working. I mean. Jesus, you know, I mean, this was a, a an unbelievable web of lies. It was crazy. So they were uh, in New Orleans or around the New Orleans area right. when Hurricane Katrina struck. So, of course, they were, um, you know, that affected them. They were in an apartment and that got ruined. So they moved. Um, they moved to Missouri. And magically, the medical records of Gypsy were said to be lost during Hurricane Katrina, which was convenient for Dee Dee. Well, it is convenient. Um, a couple things before they moved to Ozark, Missouri. Missouri. Um, they were you, you did mention they were living in public housing and I don't know of uh, Hurricane Katrina was in 2005. I remember it vividly. I was down there about six months later in Mississippi and New Orleans um, and saw the wreckage firsthand and was doing like cleanup for it. Uh, it was it was awful. It was the single most deadly natural disaster, I think, in American history. Uh, so the idea that medical records being destroyed isn't that far-fetched, except that Gypsy was mostly seen at Tulane University Hospital and Medical Center in New Orleans, which is a major university, and I would have thought that by 2005 they would have been up on electronic medical records epic which is like the number one electronic medical record in the world by 2005 if you're Tulane you're a legit medical center like they were that's just it, it's ridiculous to believe that they weren't 
And again, another opportunity for someone in the medical field to question Dee Dee as to why she doesn't have any medical records. Jeez. Oh, and then before, so, and it was actually really interesting. The housing they lived in, in between the public housing and Katrina, they, uh, excuse me, and, and moving to the Ozarks in Missouri, they lived in a shelter specifically for people with disabilities. <sighs> Another example of taking advantage of a system that was not meant for them. Yeah. So it gets worse. Brittany. I know. Uh, so uh, Gypsy and uh, Dee Dee, we will call her. A lot of times they refer to Dee Dee as Claudine. I'm going to always refer to her as Dee Dee. Yeah, I just refer to her as Dee Dee. Yeah. And, and it's perplexing. She's even got an extra D in Claudine, which is confusing <laughs> to me. But whatever. It's the South. Um, so they, they lived in a rented home at first. And in 2007, Gypsy was honored um, by the Olay Foundation, which advocates for the rights of feeding tube recipients as its 2007 Child of the Year. That's what it is that she won as Child of the Year. That's and right. Again, if, if she was born in 1991 and we do our math accurately, that means that in 2007 she was 16. Correct. She was really not... A child. I mean, she was young, but I'm sure that she was being portrayed as much yeah. younger than she actually was at that time, too. But she was also, um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I have a lot of issues for her winning child of the year because she actually had no need for the feeding tube. But I don't have an issue with her being 16 because you've got like other organizations, the Children's Miracle Network. Well, here, wait, one sec. I have a problem with her being 16 because then, again, she is older. She understands what's happening. She oh, is sure. that Her participation in this has got to be changing because now she is getting close to being an adult. Uh, make a wish is the other one. Yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. A That's hot, the part where I'm like, whoa, whoa, sure. whoa, whoa. Okay, so she's 16. So she's 16. She's, she's part, to be, being an active participant here. Yes. Yes, if it was... Given to a different 16-year-old who was actually deserving and living with a feeding tube, I don't have a problem with the age being 16. Because Make-A-Wish, Children's Miracle Network, I guess the Olay Foundation, they still award these prizes to people. In their eyes, children is anyone under 18, so I'm fine with that. But to your point about now Gypsy's becoming more of an active participant and being complacent with allowing this to happen, I totally agree there. Yeah. So as we've said, you know, Dee Dee and Gypsy continue to perpetuate these lies. Um, I'm not saying that Gypsy was responsible, but she was old enough to have some understanding of what was happening. And certainly she understand that her legs worked. So at the very least, that was being perpetuated uh, and it was untrue that she was um, because she was able to walk. So, again, you know, she they get a free house from the Habitat for Humanity. They have a wheelchair ramp, a hot tub. Um, it's a jacuzzi for her muscles. Wow. Uh, I can't believe, like, they would go above and beyond. Not just the basics, but, like, you know, yeah. now a jacuzzi. And, and it was painted things. bright pink. Yep. She, they got a lot of support from, you know, a lot of different charities. Um, they probably didn't have to pay for much of anything. Well, they didn't have to pay for much of anything. She got backstage passes to concerts. Uh, there are pictures with her with the country singer Miranda Lambert. She had 
multiple trips to Disney World. I think she may have even been in a parade. Uh, don't hold me to that, but I think that was the case. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, um, and she was on Medicaid, and uh, her mother received state aid because she was her caregiver and couldn't work because she was her caregiver, so received funding for essentially payment for being a caregiver. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Well... Alrighty then. So, as we've said, again, they continue to perpetuate these lies. This is where I struggle because I understand, you know, this is where I'm drawing the line and saying, okay, Dee Dee is 16, now 17, now 18. Yep. We, and I think. Gypsy. Gypsy, sorry. Gypsy is 16, 17, or 18. You know, this is where it starts to get convoluted because I I have a hard time. I struggle with understanding how much Gypsy knew and whether she knew. She obviously admits right now that she knew that her legs worked and that, you know, she didn't need to be in a wheelchair. I think there were other things that she was probably aware of as well. This is when she started, you know, using a computer, uh-huh. reaching out to others, uh, going to conventions, doing cosplay, um, you know, just really, you know, starting to reach out and understand and, and growing up. And she was a teenager. So, you know, hormones. If she's, oh, yeah. Things are normal. She's got normal hormones. She's got breasts. She's got stuff. Like she's, you know, doing all the things that a normal teenager were to do. And now she's doing them in secret against her mother's wishes. And her mother is trying to control that. Well, I think that that was a great preview for part two, because believe it or not, we are already almost an hour into this episode, (laughs) and we haven't even gotten to the crime yet. And Brittany and I, when we sat down to to record this episode, we both said, uh, this probably won't be a two-parter. Well, we originally planned for it to be a two-parter, and then after doing the research, we were like, no, you know, I don't I don't think so. But it's rent time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. I have so many issues with this. I have so... Because it's... I'll be honest, a lot of this, a lot of it really hits home. And I can sadly relate to a lot of things that gypsy went through that she should never have gone through and so my frustrations are from Dee, Dee from gypsy what this woman did to her child what she put her through is the absolute worst nightmare of any other parent out there oh uh-huh No parent ever wants to see their child suffer. Right. No parent wants their child to be disabled, be in pain, to be sick, to go through surgeries, to not know if they're going to survive. That's a, that is the, that is a nightmare um, on top of all nightmares. Yep. And Dee Dee took her life away, took Gypsy's life away from her. And as we'll discuss in part two, that is where Gypsy finally said, I've had enough. And she woke up in a sense. Yep. But now my frustration starts with Gypsy because we'll probably talk about a little bit more in part two. We said that Dee Dee had complete control over her, but 
I'll be honest, one of the reasons, people usually either are, when they go through so much in life, like Gypsy did, they either are, they mature early because they're exposed to so much, or they stay extremely juvenile and they never grow up. Hmm. That's my, that's my opinion. That is only an opinion. And that opinion is based on firsthand things that I have seen in life. Okay. Based on people similar to me. Okay. Gypsy seems to be on that latter end of not growing up, not maturing. Agreed. But everyone that I have come in contact with that is slow to develop and slow to mature usually still has something in them where they know what's right and what's wrong and that the reason that they're struggling is because of the circumstances they've been put in and they might not be mature to the world but they have a different level of maturity where they know that what's going on in their life isn't right and isn't normal absolutely so that's where my uh, part of my frustration with gypsy comes in Mm -hmm. she was taken out of school very early and homeschooled but probably not actually homeschooled correct so they wanted i mean didi wanted to keep her slow yes exactly it it helped her but the things that gypsy was exposed to there's a level of maturity that i feel like she should have exceeded beyond and i can't believe that there were never instances where she was alone with a family member a doctor a social worker i guarantee you she met with a social worker because hospitals when you have patients that come in like that as frequently as they do, it's a requirement. Mm-hmm. It's not even an option. Do you think because Dee Dee said that she was incapacitated or slow that she always needed to be there with her and she couldn't, you know, understand? Possibly. I don't possibly, know how Dee Dee made this happen. It's I bananas. I don't know how she made it happen either. <laughs> it's like what? But I do think that Gypsy was complacent to a certain extent. Yes, she was. And now all, and then all of the things that they took advantage of. The government aid, Medicaid, welfare, participating in the Special Olympics when she doesn't even qualify for the Special mm-hmm. Olympics. Yeah. Children's Miracle Network, the Olay thing that you discussed, the uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yep. Asking people for money and taking other people's money based on things that were complete lies and taking advantage of organizations that are genuine good organizations that are out there that are meant to support people that are in those real situations and making a fool out of them. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And we know that Gypsy was, you know, I mean, at 16, she, I mean, she was aware the entire time that she could walk. There was no exactly. secret about there that. There was no secret. And, and if she wanted to... me, to- all bets are off when you know you can walk and you're yes. you're lying to people and say you're not. Absol- absolutely. And That's the... To me, it's like... I mean, I'm not saying that she wasn't abused um, severely, of course, but, you know, just to get up and walk out of there. Well, and for those organizations in particular, the Special Olympics, you know how much I love sports. Yep. If I was fully capable, I would probably be an athlete. Yep. Because that's how dedicated and how much I love it. I'm not able to do that. And sure, that's fine. I wasn't allowed in Special Olympics because I don't fit that criteria. And that's fine. Right. They have their criteria. 
and they took advantage of it anyway. Yeah. That's why I get, I was, when I was researching this, and I watched Mommy and Dearest a couple of years ago when it came out, mm-hmm. and it upset me then, but I kind of forgot about it. I couldn't finish watching the act because it upset me so much. Yeah. Coming back and researching this and discussing it, it got, it, I told you when you called me on your way over here, I told you I'm fired up for this one. She was hot, <laughs> folks. I was like, let me wait till I get there, even though we're not even supposed to be seeing each other. But, um, you know, Brittany and I like to record together, so we're going to. Yeah, we do. We, gonna... we have the means to record separate, but it's 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 more fun and we play off each other better. We when, definitely when we're, the, do. when we're in the same spot. So there's so much about this that bothers me and that hits home. Yeah, I hear you. That I just, I, I think that Dee Dee is, I think she was a terrible person. Yes. I don't think that there is any excuse or forgiving what she did. Now, what, hap- <laughs> what happened to her, I can't say that I justify that. I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if I can say that she deserved to be murdered, but maybe she did. If I had to, like, in the scheme of things, if anybody deserves something like this, I'd put her on that list. If anybody did. I'm if not saying any, anybody does. I, I hear you. I hear but, you. I mean, she's a good candidate. Yeah. No. I, I, sure. But would she, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it, I think, more in our, our, epi- our, our second part. But, um, you know, let's put a pin in it for now and let's start on our second part of this episode because there's so much more to talk about. There's a lot more to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we've got some unpacking to do as we lead up to the actual murder of Dee Dee Blanchard. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the crime yet. No, no. And I think this is, in the second part, this is where I struggle as well because this is when Gypsy is an adult and then this is Gypsy when she is acting out and she should know she's aware of the difference between right and wrong. Definitely. And this is where, where I struggle too. So I am glad you made your point, Brittany. Yes. And, um, more to come as we pick up on our part two of Dee Dee Blanchard and Gypsy Rose Blanchard. All right, Scarlettos. Thanks for listening. We are the ladies of Scarlet. Keep killing it. Later, ladies. We want to give a shout out to the Pod All the Time podcast network that we, Scarlet TCP, are proud members of. Other members of the Pod All the Time podcast network are Creative Intuitive, Another Digital Citizen, History of a Haunting, Round and Round the Podcast, Real AKA Truth Podcast, Ruck Up Podcast, Random Unnamed Podcast, Suburban Folk, Three Peas in a Podcast, Raw Sex Podcast, I Think We're Doing It Podcast. So if you like what you're hearing from Scarlet TCP, check out these other shows, the members of the Pod All The Time Podcast Network. All right, Scarlettos, thanks for listening. We are the ladies of Scarlet. Keep killing it.